Yeah, Coach, um, you win the game, but uh, I guess you're eliminated from the postseason. Yep. Mixed feelings about everything? Hey, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we we kind of had had that opportunity a week ago, and then, ah, you know, and, and uh, but I think more importantly than any of that, and that's very important, is, you know, our focus heading into this next week and getting our ninth win, and, and that'll be a, a good challenge. Um, certainly, that's a goal when you start the beginning of the year. Um, it was a goal of ours, and uh, and so, yeah, it's disappointing. Happy New Year and welcome into a fresh 2024 edition of the Not Another Bucking Podcast. So glad that you're with us as we uh, start year two of this of this journey with you guys, uh, this audio journey with you guys. Um, we're coming to you after the Broncos week 17 victory over the Los Angeles Chargers 16 to 9, a game that moved Denver to 8 and 8. But alas, on the same day they get that win to improve their home record to 5 and 4, they also get eliminated from the playoffs because the Chiefs clawed out a 25-17 win over the Cincinnati Bengals to win the AFC West, closing off that path to the playoffs for Denver. And the Steelers go to Seattle and win a game there against the Seahawks, closing off the wild card path to the Broncos as well. So they are eliminated from the playoffs for the eighth straight season. We'll close out their 2023 season next week at the Las Vegas Raiders with a chance to go nine and eight and have a winning season for the first time since 2016. Of course, this game was all about who wasn't playing quarterback for Denver. We talked about it this week. And even after we came with our midweek podcast, breaking down the news of the Russell Wilson benching um, so much more in the days that followed about all that went on behind the scenes um, the Broncos coming to Russell Wilson on the, you know, the, the bye week, uh, right at the start of November and saying, Hey, we, we would like you to move this injury guarantee in your contract back. Um, and, and, and the Broncos saying that that was uh, just part of a negotiation Wilson and his camp saying, Hey, we felt like this was a threat that you were going to bench us. Um, and, and sort of a PR battle that's been waged behind the scenes um has had sort of overtaken this week and yet the Broncos go into this game with Jared Stidham at quarterback still believing that they had an outside chance of, of getting to the final week of the season with a shot at making the playoffs um but alas again they they are not going to be going to the playoffs so there's a lot to break down here as I'm joined by Matt Cosmiter my bro my producer um we we saw this team as a team that was going to have to scratch and claw its way into the playoffs from the very start of this season. Um, I predicted them before the year began at eight, and nine, that could be their record. That will be the record if they lose next week, but if they win, they, they have their first winning season since 2016. But um, you know, this, this was a day, Matt, where the actual game itself almost took a back seat to everything that had happened. You watched the broadcast. You told me, um, you know, countless shots of Russell Wilson, um, you know, t talking a lot about the way that he was trying to, to pump up teammates. Uh, you know, I, we, I spoke to teammates in the locker room afterward who said they uh, just really impressed with his professionalism, the way that he handled all this throughout the week. Um, but I got to tell you, man, it, it was it's been a weird week. 
like he went out for the coin toss today. Like, <laughs> so yep. for before the game started, everything looked like it always does. And then, you know, here comes the, you know, the, after the first series and your $245 million man is hand, handing the tablet to Jared Stidham as he comes off the field. Like it's just weird. Yeah, it, it was. And it, you kind of alluded to it. I mean, the, the, you really felt the the wind being let out of the sails of this team after last week's loss. You know, it didn't officially end their season and didn't completely knock them out of the playoffs, but certainly the expectation was that there's not much chance at that point that that season's over. And then, you know, so that was kind of the seemed to be the mood in the, in the clubhouse throughout the week. It kind of felt like you were at the end of the season, you know, cause you, you know, they're more or less cutting ties with Russell Wilson kind of moving on to that next stage. And then it's like, Oh yeah, we still have a football game to play and, a, and to watch and kind of break down and, and talk about. Cause Jared Stidham came in, he played okay today. Um, you know, he, he kind of played at the level you would expect for a guy who's making, you know, his, his third start in five years in the NFL. He, you know, he had some, so we'll call it rust. You know, they pointed out, someone pointed out after the game, like, this is your first win. And, uh, five years since you were at Purdue. Congratulations. You know, he's, uh, he's like, Oh yeah. Purdue when he was at oh, yeah, B Purdue's like, Oh yeah. Thanks for that. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, he, he played well, you know, it, but I mean, the story is, isn't going to be, you know, unless he came out and had a perfect passer rating, three touchdowns and 400 yards, the story was going to be about who wasn't playing, not who was. Yeah. yeah no, you, you, you hit the nail on the head and, um, you know, that, that's sort of what, what I wrote. I, I thought the reaction in the locker room after this game was, was interesting. Um, and you even saw, uh, when the CBS crew interviewed Jared Sidham on the field afterward, um, the sideline reporter, and, and unfortunately, I can't remember what her uh, didn't see what her name didn't catch her name, um, but asked Jared, you know, kind of was the first one to tell Jared Stidham because you know they go right into those interviews, um, you know, hey, the, you know, the Chiefs won the Steelers when you guys are eliminated, and he kind of does this thing where I was just like, ah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and 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 um, and Adam Troutman, who who the tight end who we talked to in the locker room afterwards. You know, he said he walked in the locker room. Yeah, you know, he, he's the first person he saw was a trainer said, Hey, what, what was the score? And the trainer's just like, Yeah, Chiefs won. And, um, and so it, but it to you, you mentioned it a, a second ago, it they they had already prepared themselves for this reality, I, I think, throughout the week. Um, when when they lost that game to the Patriots, uh, that that they knew that was it. And, and I wrote that that night, like they knew the math it was over like a 5% chance is, which essentially was what remained for them. Um, it is really no chance at all. And, um, that was sort of the sentiment. Like they, they, they did not really like, there was not this like sting of missing the playoffs because they had already, you know, they had already had that funeral, uh, essentially. And it's part of the reason why they moved, I think moved on to Jarrett Stidham because while the, the playoffs was still a possibility, um, they, they were, they knew in practicality it was over and it was time to try to build toward next season. And that's, that's what that move w- was all about, regardless of what got said. Um, even in this, this aftermath, Sean Payton was asked because Russell Wilson was the one that sort of got the final word of the week when he came out on Friday afternoon after Sean Payton had already talked and he said, yeah, they told me I'd be benched for the rest of the season if I didn't move my injury guarantee. Um, you know, really a, a wild kind of development. You know, we had not known some of that reporting. We had done some of that reporting. Um, but 
the fact that he just kind of comes out and lays it all bare for 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 the public to know um it it was it was just it was just a really wild scene um and, and then to have him end it the way that they did this week it just it just felt like it pushed the game um back but but they did play this game and 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 Matt tell me a little bit more about what you thought um of of Stidham as as you watched it because again this is a guy I wrote about this this week too. When you look at their options going forward, they're going to have to have cheap options at the quarterback position if and when they do move on from Russell Wilson because they're going to be soaking up his dead money. So they can't go out and like trade for a guy that's making twenty five, you know, you know, thirty five million dollars a year. They're going to have to be economic at that spot, and that makes Stidham a thing. I wrote that hey, you're you know, one way or another. You can't you can't make giant declarations about Jarrett Stidham based on this this game. A because you know it's his first time with with this team, his first start ever with this particular team. Only as you mentioned, his third start in five years in the NFL. You know the Chargers as a team. You know like all kinds of injuries that um, they're playing under interim coach. So it's not a perfect evaluation platform. But all that said, you know I I thought there were some things that he did pretty well. Um, but, but also some clear, he had some clear misses. What would like, what, what, just what were your takeaways? What were some of the things that you thought of or stood out to you while you're watching? I mean, I think one of the big things for me is that I think this might be the first game this season where wide receivers have more catches than running backs. Um, I mean, there were, you know, there were more, there weren't like, it didn't eliminate the, the throws to running backs. The screen game to the running backs is part of what this team does, but it, looked much less or it, it looked a lot of times like it was either design screen p- passes or after making some progression coming back to that check down where it seems like for one reason or another the the screen the screen option was more of a or the dump off was a 1b option more so than like option number three you know it's like ah, if 1a is not immediately open come immediately to 1b you know this time we pushed the ball down the field a little bit more you saw more intermediate passing I would say this game than we saw from Russell Wilson all season. And that's not necessarily an indication that I'm, or I'm curious how much that was because of a game plan change and how much it was just because of where Stidham was finding some of those reads. The ball came out in momentum a lot more. There was, you know, there, it, it felt like the, it felt like Stidham was taking that first read and making the throw more often than Russell Wilson was, I would say. Yeah. That, that was like my takeaway too. I felt like in general, the ball came out quicker. And to your point uh, of his 30 targets today, uh, 18 of those went to wide receivers versus only 12 to combination of running backs and tight ends. So um, definitely got the wide receivers more involved. The biggest play of course, being a 54 yard touchdown pass to little Jordan Humphrey that the Jared Sidham threw 14 yards. Of course the, 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 the play he made to have a 14 yard throw was impressive, um, you know, kind of moved up in the pocket and then out uh, while Michael Burton picked up a really nice block with Sean Payton reference in the postgame press conference. Um, I, I have to, I have to bring it out. Do you, I don't know if you heard the other person that he referenced in that. He's like, usually when you get a big play like that, you have someone, a good block in the backfield. So that's Michael Burton picking up the block. He's like, and someone else making a big block downfield. I think that happened this time. Do you know who the person downfield was? Jerry Judy. 
No, it was Michael Burton again. Michael <laughs> he literally picked up the A-gap blitzer. The pass goes 14 down yards down the line. Burton beat him to the end zone and got the last block that got little Jordan Humphreys into the end zone, too. I love that kind of thing. Like, I love watching Michael Burton block because he he's one of those guys who has 100% motor all the time. Yeah. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah. No, that that's cool. I, it's funny. I, I think maybe the, the reason that, you know the the Judy thing stuck out to me because this is not something we've seen from him a whole right. lot this year. So he yeah. he got the not not the the very finishing block, but I think the block that sprung him from about the ten yard line down to the one. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good point that Burton just kind of kept going. But you know that that was the thing with Stidham that I that I thought there was a couple other times where he he climbed the pocket, and I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and get into this him versus him versus Wilson in terms of like, Oh, they did, they were missing this or, or, or whatever. Like, um, you know, you, you can, you can say what you want. Russell, Russell Wilson, um, you know, he struggled. I, I think the thing that hurt him a lot was just the timing of, of his struggles after they had kind of won, won these games, you know, Sean Payton says, Hey, you know, we were getting, it's one thing when we were getting turnovers, and, and, and we were able to kind of win that way. Well, when they were getting those turnovers, he kind of limited what the offense did. They, they, they played a very conservative style of football. And it didn't necessarily fit Russell Wilson, but he kind of kept playing that way. Um, you know, but on the flip side, when they have really, when they tried to open it up a lot more, like during a game, like the game in week 13 against the Texans, Russell Wilson throws three interceptions. So like, it, it, it was a, it was a, a case where like more than one thing can be true at the same time. Like Ru- Russell Wilson in those sorts of moments where he needed to have, he needed to be on the high dive, right? He, he didn't really meet those moments. And, and the bottom line is Sean Payton said, like, I evaluate the quarterback based on how we're moving the offense in general. It's not about what the quarterback stats are. It's about whether we are moving the football. And to that end, like you can't take a ton out of what, Jared Sidham did today because they were still 0 for 2 in the red zone and they they went they had another failed goal to go situation which is just like a, a pull your hair out the thing with this team the, the Broncos convert less than 52 percent of their goal to go drives into touchdowns the turns league out average, though when you have back-to-back false starts from the one yard line yeah, it doesn't do yeah, you any which, favors which Sean Payton like I think kept himself from almost cussing when he was talking about that after the game <laughs> Yeah, you have first and goal after a one where they got bailed out by a pass interference um, call on Jerry Judy, which it wasn't that it was the the wrong call, but it was just like it was it was a bailout in terms of like Broncos had nothing going on the play, but they get a first and goal at the one. Quinn Myers just way out in front, just like dives toward the defensive line, and then it's Garrett Bowles on on first and goal from the six now. He picks up a false start. So now you have first and goal from the eleven, and you know, and they still can't go it in, get it in. And Sean Payton, I, I think he was going to go for it on fourth down. Like it, it was funny when I looked at the stats; they were only one for one on fourth down. I felt like he went for it on fourth down like a million times. Um, just had that feeling, but um, because they were they were going to a couple times, and then they called timeouts and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, they they don't get a touchdown on that drive and. I mean, this was still a 16-9 game. The the Chargers almost recovered an onside kick, um, you know, at, at the very end and had a chance. Like it is, it is what it is. Uh, to borrow Sean Payton's term after this game, like there, there's nothing I I don't think that we're gonna learn from these final two games and now just one game that's gonna be completely declarative about what they do going forward. This this is a team that um, 
they, they have a lot of things to rebuild. And, and Sean Payton's thing is we have to learn how to not lose before we can learn how to win. Um, that there's some of that, right? But Matt, this is the way that I, I, I left this today is I'm watching the Broncos sort of tepidly celebrate, I guess would be the best way to say this as they leave the field. But you're just saying like this home schedule, like when you do the autopsy of this season, that's what this comes down to. They lost home games to four teams that will end the season with losing records. The Raiders, the Commanders, the Jets, and the Patriots. Those four teams were quarterbacked by Jimmy Garoppolo, who hasn't played since like week three. Um, By Sam Howell, who is sacked more than anyone else, throws more interceptions than anyone else. By Zach Wilson, who has been benched about 42 times in his career already. And by Bailey Zappi, who threw three interceptions in the first half against the Bills today. Like, they blew this. Like, and, and it's just... I think that's the thing that's frustrating. This is not, they're not a bad football team. They're not particularly explosive They're but, but they do some things. Well, like, you know, guys like DJ Jones and Zach Allen keep showing up and making plays their defense. They, they had some bad moments against the Patriots. Their defense was good after the first four games this year. They, they have solid guys on offense who, while again, not explosive, they, they, they do enough, you know, look, Sean Payton had his fair share of mistakes that like cost them games in some of these, some of these close games. Um, You know, like you you just expected more out of, you know, out of a veteran head coach and and, and this 12 year quarterback that like you, you should expect at home in these close games to like find a way to get it done. And and at this point, I'm saying this now because we're going to leave it in 2023 because and now it's all going to be about what they're building going forward. But it was just impossible for me not to think as they left this field where they only went five and four, despite such a favorable schedule, like they should be heading into next week at the very least still alive in this playoff hunt. But the thing that I just kept feeling was like, was regret. Um, even though they were trying to move past that um, and, and no more. So as you kind of touched on the first, the first part was, their season ended on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it did. You, you know, you have you still have guys who are playing hard. Like you brought up a bunch of little Jordan. Oh, I think they're all playing hard. Like yeah. I don't. That's yeah. yeah that's not the little thing. little Jordan Humphreys, for instance. Today, you know, he's a guy who incredible play. Yeah, an incredible play. I mean, he he, he had a chance today because I mean he's a free agent at the end of this year. He, you know, was a little further down on the depth chart, but without. Marvin Mims without Cortland Sutton playing today. He had a chance to get some plays in there and he, he looked pretty good in action today. They have, you know, handful of other guys who are free agents at the end of this year. It could be a very, this could be the last time we see some of these guys in a Broncos uniform guys like PJ luck and uh, Adam Troutman, Josie Jewell, uh, Fabian Moreau, who's been a resurgence. So, you know, there's a lot of guys who may or may not be here and that's not even accounting for ones that uh, are under contract for, for, dozens of millions of dollars that probably won't be here next year, but um, it's gonna, it, it, it will be interesting to see this last game, how some of those guys wrap the season up, you know, one more game of Stidham to kind of get more of a feel again. It's a game they should win next week. Um, but you know, they should have beat them the Raiders last time too. So. Yeah, no, we'll see it. Like, and I, I think that was the, that was the mood 
in the locker room was like, you know, obviously uh, Jonathan Cooper, for example, called it bittersweet, but he represents an example of like what can still be done. Like the carrot that is still out there for them for this final game. He has eight and a half sacks after getting one in the first quarter today. That's the most sacks for a Broncos player since 2018, uh, which is kind of crazy. And it speaks to, that's the other thing that I was thinking of. Like it speaks to the talent deficiency that this team has dealt with. The Broncos have not had a 1000 yard receiver or running back since 2019. And they're not going to have one this year. Um, So, so that, that streak will extend. That is a long time. I'll have to do that research to find out like if there's any other team that has gone that long without either of those two things, like you think of like teams that are bad, like, even the the commanders Terry McLaurin has gone over a thousand yards, I believe, in the, you know within the last couple of years. Um, you know the the, the Jets, yeah. I think Brian Robinson's over a thousand yards this season. Brees Hall's yeah. over a thousand. Okay, so there you go. I won a fantasy league matchup because my opponent decided to catch <laughs> Brees Hall. So yeah. all right, I knew but, I knew we were going to work that in. It somehow that you know the the infirmary squad pulled out. Yep, yep, yep. A, 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 Title a dominant season. season ends with a championship. Um, yeah. No, so but but yeah, so that that's that that's the thing. But um, anyway, to to get back to the carrot part of it is that you know a guy like Jonathan Cooper could become a ten sack guy if if he picks up a couple in week eighteen. Um, Jared Stidham's trying to go two and zero. He's trying to audition for this job. They're trying to beat the Raiders for the first time since the last week of the season in twenty nineteen. They're trying to win their first ever game in Las Vegas. Like there's a lot that this team is trying to, to play for. And, you know, a a lot of guys trying to make their mark because this is going to be Matt, a wildly different team to the extent that they can actually change it. Right. Like, you know, you only have so much cap space that it's going to be a fascinating thing in terms of how they maneuver the math around, Um, you know, the contract that the salary cap is always something that you can, manipulate to a degree but the broncos are in no way going to be flush with cash like they're not going to be able to go on the kind of spending spree um that they did go on in march um so so they're going to have to be economical in the players that they choose and obviously no decision is more important than what they ultimately do at quarterback and we won't get like this week 18 is not going to give us that answer um, but, but anytime you can evaluate a guy that might be in that mix, um, it's worthwhile. And so that's why we'll talk, you know, I'll, I'll dig into this film and, and, and we'll talk more about Jared Siddham's, um, you know, kind of performance and, and what he can still do, uh, next week. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a weird year. It's been a super weird week and it, it made for a weird day. It was one of those games where you just, you just don't know exactly how to quantify, what you just saw, but you know, the Broncos can still have a winning season. And I think with all that's gone on, um, if you're a fan of this team and, and you finish at, at nine and eight and um, you know, you, you have a first round pick, you have a coach who improved them by four wins in his first season. Um, all those things I think are things that should give you like optimism that, that, you know, you, he, he knows what he's doing. Um, that doesn't guarantee that it's going to ultimately end at the highest level. Uh, but, but this feels to me like a team that is starting to move in the right direction from a, from a big ship, big picture perspective. Yeah. Well, 
unless you ask somebody like Kareem Jackson right now or Randy Gregory this season. They are they that kind of was one of the other little weird things that go down this week was when uh Kareem Jackson got released and kind of snapped back at Sean Payton on on X a little bit. So you know, there's it I think we were talking you and I you, you mentioned wanting to make some some New Year's resolutions for the for the Broncos this year. And I think that that would probably right. have to be probably have to be one of the the top ones for the is a minimize the number of stories you're creating on X or, you know, (laughs) the number of times that you go viral on X in one season. Well, that's Sean. That needs to be Sean Payton's New Year's resolution. Yeah, that's true. Like that, that's his New Year's resolution. When, When you become a national story on the first day of training camp for a completely unnecessary, like fight flame throwing session, like it sort of set the tone for what has become this year. Um, that's a, that, that is his resolution that he should have, that he should be handed down to him by the owners of this team. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I totally forgot about this planned segment that I just told you about 25 minutes ago, but, um, my new year's resolution for the Broncos, um, is to, um, certainly figure out how to score touchdowns with, when you're inside the 10 yard line, like that has just been maddening. Like Sean Payton has never had a team anywhere close to this bad. The Broncos haven't had a team this bad like it like the one yard line is not supposed to be the danger zone that's supposed to be like sweet we're about to score a touchdown and and it's just like so far from a guarantee it's a it's a freaking coin flip for them so that's my new year's resolution is figure out why the hell you can't score on the doorstep of the goal line and then go ahead and do it because like it's cost them games, man. It could have cost them today. Like it, it's it's bad. It's time to bring in the rugby coach and figure out that brotherly <laughs> yeah, shove and like push, get something that works. The Rocky Mountain yeah. Rump Buster, whatever you want to call it. It's just exactly. like however you got to do it. Okay, so okay, we've each given one. Give give another one. What's another New Year's resolution? The, the one other is to have have a receiver go over a thousand yards, Nick. A wide receiver with you know eighty five catches and a thousand yards would be absolutely phenomenal for this team because it requires some amount of coordination between quarterback and wide receiver, which is something that has been severely lacking for a few years now. I think. Yeah, um, I'm going to say my last one is going to be. Um, I'm going to give this team the New Year's resolution of drafting a top flight quarterback in the first round of the draft. And the reason I say that is because it is the only thing since Peyton Manning retired that Denver has not tried in an effort to fix its quarterback problem. Um, they have done the veteran free agent route. They, they signed Joe Flacco, who before he got a body transplant that has made him the NFL's best story and is going to lead the Browns to a Super Bowl, they got the other Flacco. Um, they've they've tried Case Keenum. They've tried Teddy Bridgewater. They've tried the seventh-round pick development guy in Trevor Simeon. They tried, like, the later first-round guy. To, to be Pac- fair, Nick, they haven't really tried drafting anyone in the first round in several years. Circle uh, <laughs> gets the square there. Yeah, the only time they ever had a chance to draft a blue chip quarterback was in 2018 when uh, John Elway could have drafted his doppelganger in Josh Allen and decided, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, and uh, even though he you know, played his games 70 minutes up the road at Wyoming, and I and John Elway were both at his pro day where he just like basically 
burn the hands off receivers with the way that he threw the football. Um, think you probably could have been in decent shape if you had done that. I, yeah. You get the argument here of like, oh, well, the Broncos would have ruined him. And I'm like, mm, no, Josh <laughs> Allen yeah. is a different breed. Um, so that's the only thing that they haven't done. Um, but in order to do that, they'd probably have to to give some some capital away, a player away. Um, so I don't know. It might not be the most realistic news, New Year's resolution. It's, it's, it's kind of like saying like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds when it just should be just like, <laughs> why don't you try 10? Um, right. start somewhere you know, give yourself a chance <laughs> yeah but but either way i i would just i would love for this team to to just be able to have a guy every every week where they know that's that's our quarterback and he's going to give us a really good chance to win like that just hasn't happened to this team for many years now and um so i hope that i, I resolute that for for broncos fans Decree but uh, if history is our guide and if the Salary cap is our guide. I don't know if that's one that uh, the Broncos are going to keep. Yeah. So we'll have anyway. To, we'll have to see. But anyway, our New Year's resolution at the Not Another Bucking Podcast is to is to get better, to continue to invest in this podcast. We've had so much fun doing it. Over fifty episodes now. We you know we kind of started this as like a fun passion project we wanted to do and. And, um, you know, we're, we're still in our early stages, but we hope that there's been some of you out there who have really enjoyed joining us, um, you know, Monday mornings, midweek, and, and just, you know, listening to a little bit more about the team. And um, hopefully we've provided some some insight based on what, what we see, what we hear. Um, again, everybody's, everybody's got a take that, that watches this team on a, on a day-to-day basis. So we appreciate so much that you guys um, have taken the time to listen to us. We, we've grown each week and, um, we wish you all just that the happiest new year, um, with friends and family and, and here's to achieving any goals that you have going forward until next year or until this year, till the next time. Thanks for stopping by.